Hello ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Baggies Broadcast, it is season 3, episode 7, my name is Luke Hatfield, I'm joined by a man who was without me the weekend, Yes, yes, I was without you. How did you get on? Got on very well, mate. Got on very, very well. Um, you dingle, honestly. Oh, mate, How could it you wasn't... do it? How could you possibly do it? I was just checking up on some former Albion players, mate. Ben Foster, Craig Dawson. Someone's got to keep Nice link. Them. Nice link. I like that. You had to do... Yeah, I like that. I had to think that through. I was like, I've got to come up with a reason why I had to cover all Wolves game at the weekend. Yes. But I blame Nathan Judah. Filthy. I do blame Nathan Judah. You're too good for that, mate. You are far, far, far too good for that. I don't want to go into my Wolves hatred because I think people will just think it's an easy win. No, um, no, no. Go into like, it. Mate. I hate them, mate. I hate them. I think they're absolute. I call them the great unwashed. Um, I just cannot, cannot stand them. Safe so, um, to so say, Joe Massey will never be Wolves reporter at the Express. I'll never be, well, funny you should say that actually because Wolves reporter job came up, didn't it? And I did not apply for it. I did not apply for it. But then the Albion job came up. And you're, I was straight in for it. All over the album, um, weren't you? But I want my Wolves hatred to come out over time because I do think people will just think it's like a easy win. But believe me, I hate them. I absolutely hate them, and I could talk about it all day. They were annoying. I can just I can't I can't stop already. I cannot stop. I, I came in this morning. They're all gloating just because they managed to win a game that stopped them going bottom of the league. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. god, they do my head in. Um, but yeah, I was I was I wasn't there for choice, mate. It's worth clarifying that. I don't pick the games I go no. to. And if you did, you wouldn't go there, would you? Uh, no, I wouldn't. I Absolutely wouldn't be going to Wolves. Um, how was your weekend otherwise? Um, it was it was good, mate. It was really, really good, thank you. Um, I'm just I gotta admit, like I'm a, I'm just so happy with our Saturday one. Oh yeah, it's just it's... absolutely buzzing from it. Um, I'm a little bit I can't believe I'm saying this I'm a little bit disappointed it's the Leeds game tomorrow yeah like when we last recorded I'm, I was so excited for that Leeds game I've never been to Ellen Road before mm. we all know what the atmosphere is like we all know well look it's probably the two best teams in the championship I'm, I mean maybe I'm jumping ahead of myself a little bit there mm. but I mean look they're two teams to get massively excited about aren't they there's no, there's no doubt about it um, but I'm a little bit disappointed this comes so quickly after QPR now, yeah, yeah, yeah. because I want to kind of ride that crest of a wave a little bit longer because it was so good. Um, I'll tell you what, though, if they bloody win, well, history, mate, if they win, the wave that you'll be riding then is a tsunami, it'll be, be a tsunami, mate, it'll be absolutely unbelievable, yeah. Um, yeah, it was just Saturday was just so good. I mean, the football was just, I mean, we're sure we'll get onto it, but I mean, mm. Mateus Pereira. Oh, he's a bit special, isn't he? Oh, wow. He was absolutely amazing. Um, so, yeah, I just loved Saturday, really. Absolutely loved it. And then, um, chill day yesterday, really. Chill day with my little girl. Um, oh, yeah. But um, Still yeah. basking in the glory of a, an Albion win. Yeah, just enjoying it. Some soft play. Uh, no, it wasn't soft play yesterday. We didn't do much yesterday, really. Just sort of like went to a little park and went out to the town centre. But... Decent. She had a baby chino. She loves them. Absolutely love them. A baby chino. Baby chino, mate. Yeah. What on earth is a baby chino? It's just basically hot milk they serve in Costa or Starbucks. Oh, and charge you. And charge you, yeah, the air for it. But if you give my little girl, who's two, a baby chino and some chocolate cake, can't mate. It's like all the Christmases have come at once. Oh god. Very good. Very good. Uh, should we get onto the game? Yeah. Let's talk. I, I feel like we should just talk about it. Um, the unbeaten run continues. Top of the table. What a showing. What a showing, mate! Um, Couldn't believe I wasn't there. I watched it on TV, to be fair. Did you? Yeah, it was on. It was on TV. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad you watched it. Um, it's. It was every. I mean, it was, it was just everything you hoped, really. I mean, it, the only way to describe it is like the 
the, a complete performance. It was absolutely all over the park. Um, album were brilliant. They were mm. absolutely brilliant. I mean, starting from like, I mean, Sam Johnson had nothing to do really. Bless him. Like he was a spectator. Yeah. Um, his handling was very, very good when he was called into action. But yeah, he, he basically could have sat there and read the program. He he was hardly involved at all. Shemi and Jai, Carl Bartley. I mean, wow. Because um, he's got a job and he needs to get back into this starting eleven. I mean, Shemi Ajay, what a signing! Dirt cheap as well. Dirt, I mean, what a signing! And he's just been absolutely fantastic. I thought, he, I, mean, I said in my player ratings, I said it was a Rolls Royce performance mm. um, from him, and it just was like that. He was, it was his position was first class. It, there was there was one time he got Bartley out of a little bit of trouble, but his pace just covered for like covered for him. Mm. Um, strong in the air he's so like intercepts the ball so well he's so front footed I mean he's just made an absolutely outstanding start hasn't he to his Albion career yeah barring barring the uh, the, the pre-season game funny enough against the, the Millers he hasn't put a foot wrong oh really I guess yeah, yeah. I didn't see that uh, I wasn't actually there for that one I think Matt Wilson covered that one on his own but he, he, he gave away a penalty early doors um, and it was one then where I think the emotion may have gotten to him a little bit but after that he's just been Phenomenal. Been been absolutely amazing. Carl Bartley, fair play to him because he did make that mistake against Huddersfield. Mm. Um, although, like Bilic has been key to point out that it wasn't necessarily just his mistake; it was the reaction from that goal. But yeah. I mean, he, he he responded so well on Saturday; he was fantastic. That'll do him the world of good. Going back to Leeds tomorrow. Um, Daniel Furlong, a brilliant continuous start of the season. Nathan Ferguson, what can you say that hasn't already been said? I mean, twenty five yards, bottom corner. He was. And he's so, honestly he's such a lovely lad. He's absolutely lovely. You could tell the celebration as well. Celebration I mean, was brilliant, wasn't it? He was loving it. That is like the exact celebration you want to see when one of your like academy graduates scores their first senior goal, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was like you could tell. It was like watching a fan. It was like that's how you'd celebrate. That's, yeah, that's it. Um, like still on his knee. Yeah, and then midfield. What can you say? Sawyer's and Livermore were, were just fantastic. Sawyer's for me. Um, I think on my player ratings a few people have said I should have given Livermore a higher mark gave him a 7 mm. but Sawyer's I mean defensively I've never seen him play like that when if he was brilliant defensively and then what else can we say I won't go for every player but the front the front three oh, wow wow absolute wow talking about player ratings I mean I've spoken to you this off air before what does it take to earn a 10 for you because there are I mean Pereira and, and Ferguson must have been pretty close. Yeah, so Pereira got a 10 in the Birmingham Mail. Uh, Joe Chapman gave him a 10. Yeah. Um, I mean, I gave him a 9. Um, what does it take to win a 10? Yeah. I like for 10s, it's got to be like. A, did you have to score another goal? Um, did you have to score another goal? No, for 10s, I like. For me, 10s are like basically like single handedly won the game. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Have you ever issued a 10? Yeah, I give him one to. Walsall's goalkeeper Liam Roberts. Oh right, okay. Um, when they were absolutely battered for the entire game by Oxford, but won basically because he made like four unbelievable saves. Um, yeah. If it wasn't like that's why I kind of give it a ten. If it wasn't for him, Walsall would have lost that game, but they yeah, won yeah. it. Um, whereas like Pereira, yeah, he was a nine for me. A nine on, on Saturday, yeah. I mean, what about Ferguson? Was he kind of close, or were you happy with the nine? No, I would, my man match was Pereira. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so still a nine for Ferguson as All well. All right, okay. We're going to go through them two players now, just because, I mean, there were two standout performances. Uh, Ferguson, he plays, I mean, I've said this 
time and time again. He plays well beyond his years, but he's always seen as that defensive fullback. Um, and I tell you what, the goal he scored, I mean, the keeper maybe does him a little bit of a hand, gives him a slight hand. I think I mean, the keeper should save keeper it for being really on it. The keeper should really save yeah. it. But I tell you what, God buy a ticket to win the raffle, mate. You have, you have, yeah. He, I mean, he is a defensive. He's not. An, he's not. Um, he's not an attacking fullback. He's not. He's not. He's not Darnell Furlong. Mm. Um, he is. The, he is. The, like his main attributes are defend. Are, are defensively. Is that right? Yeah. 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 Um, I could talk about him all day at the minute. To be honest, he has given this team such wonderful balance. Mm. Um, Billich touched on it actually after the game. Um, he wasn't asked. He wasn't asked about it. He was asked about Nathan Ferguson, and he gave those comments about how he sees similarities between him and Declan Rice, which mm. um, I'm sure most people have read that story now. High praise. High praise. Um, but yeah, the, Ferguson defensively is so good that he is giving out this out Albion's defence to such wonderful balance. Mm. Um, and they they were at times at QPR playing of a back three. It yeah. If I was noticing it. It's very. I mean, look, that's football full stop, isn't it? When you got mm. a back four, when the right back bombs on, the left back tucks in. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's like it's not, but it's it's more. It's, it was slightly more than that. Um, Ferguson was genuinely drifting inside to be alongside Carl Bartley um, and Ajay to make a back three, so that when QPR came forward, where they got Jordan Wells and no Jordan Hugel and Naki Wells, so up against those two so they, they had a numerical advantage there mm. Albion against mm. those two um, it was just such a like you keep saying mature performance yeah. is the best way of putting it from Ferguson um, just so well rounded such a well rounded display and then I mean yeah he does. He goes and puts it in the bottom corner I mean his interview afterwards was absolutely lovely I mean he was just he's such a happy lad anyway yeah, um, but yeah. he was absolutely overjoyed Um and he said, like, he picked the ball up on the halfway, he, he darted into space, and he said he was hitting it. He said there was no two ways about it, he was hitting it. Yeah. Um, and, he, and they found a bottom corner. So just, yeah, what more could you ask from the lad? He was just brilliant. Couldn't be more delighted for him. Um, the panache from Pereira throughout, I mean, some of the stuff he did on the pitch shouldn't be legal. <laughs> I mean, there's a through ball which has been doing the rounds on social media. And it is just vile. You can't do it. I mean, QPR just looking around thinking, how do you stop that? I mean, he's not even looking that direction. He's running the opposite direction, plays it. I mean, it's just filth. And then the free kick. I mean, the wall should stand a little bit stronger for me, but he's found the gap. And you can see before he takes a free kick, he's already eyeing up where he's putting it. Yeah, yeah. It's just, I mean, it's it was a performance which like, it just reeked of like, Arrogance, but like that good arrogance that you want, you know, a, a guy who knows he's got the better of his opponent, and he's just going, you know, what I'm just going in all in on this. It was like, yeah, it felt like that was the day, he like truly settled in English football, where mm. maybe he's like, I mean, he's played very well so far, but you felt like he walked onto that pitch feeling like he was the best player, yeah, um, and he could basically do whatever he wanted. He could just absolutely run the game. I mean, some of his close control and the way he turned away from danger at times, mm. like on halfway, he had two or three QPR players around him, but he just always had control of the football and just always, I mean, he had them on the backsides at times. They just couldn't get near him. Yeah. That reverse pass, I mean... Is that the best pass you've ever seen in the flesh? In the flesh. It's it's definitely the best pass I've seen probably like in professionally working in football. Mm. Um, Vile. 
I mean, I think Jake Livermore deserves credit for getting on the end of it, to be fair, because yeah. I did not yeah. see it coming. I mean, never in a million years did I see that pass coming. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think, I honestly, like, it was just, it was absolutely brilliant ball. Um, and then the free kick is just so clever, isn't it? That mm. just summed it up, really. He genuinely was one step ahead of everyone else on the field yeah. um, for the entire 90 minutes. And his cheeky little celebration, did you see that? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's interesting you bring that up because... Uh, I'm obviously a big basketball fan. If a basketball player does that after a big shot, they get a fine. Do they? Yeah, for the old cutthroat celebration. That's interesting. Um, and when I saw it, I mean, I had my basketball head on when I saw it. Because the moment I see that now, I think, oh, we might get in trouble for that. I hope he doesn't. Because I think it's it's not it's nothing... I don't think it's disrespectful. I think it's a player who's in his pomp and he knows that he's essentially ripped the heart out of a team yeah he killed them hadn't he yeah That's what he was, he, and he had that was it from that point on there was there was absolutely no coming back from it um, yeah, that's interesting about basketball though. I didn't know that I mean yeah, he'll be the, fine with that in football won't he but yeah I yeah. think so I think there there's there's a couple in basketball you can't do you can't do one where you kind of it's a weird kind of dance but it's um, as if you're holding a male appendage um <laughs> And that one gets you a fine as well. Good, um, good, good word selection there. Yeah, yeah, I had to be careful with how I worded that one. But yeah, you get you get a fine for that one in the NBA too. All oh, right. Okay. Um, but yeah, I tell you what, I mean, phenomenal performance from both players, um, and a really good performance against a side who aren't a pushover either. We've seen from them this season. You know, this that, that QPR side aren't to be. You know, they're no mugs. Well, look, if QPR had won that game. On Saturday, they'd be top of the league now. Yeah, um, that's that's the bottom line. I mean, they ended the game same amount of points as Albion. I think it was sixteen points from the first eight games, um, and every, everything they'd won they'd won four on the spin, so they were full of confidence. They had two strikers who were absolutely banging form. Mm-hmm. I really like the two um, midfielders, Chair and Easy. Is it? E- yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, they bomb on those two. They really bomb on. Um, and it was it was a it was a really really difficult game, and that, I think that's the big look. Albion were incredible, and that's the main thing you take away from it was just how good they were. But it, it has to be said who they were up against as well. You have mm. to take that into account because QPR have made an absolutely outstanding start to the season, absolutely yeah. outstanding. But they but look, they didn't they didn't lay a glove really. Yeah. Um. On on Albion on Saturday. Um. I love the fact that Bilic afterwards described said that after that second goal his team were pure class after the first goal sorry his team were pure class mm. um, I mean if anyone knows class it's Slavin Bilic so yeah. um, I think yeah there's nothing else to say other than that they were just fantastic and brilliant to see um, I think for Bilic as well to see a, a performance right from the get go as well yeah. because Albion haven't always started well they, they've, they've often given up goals and had to come from a goal or two down it was the first time. It's the first time this season a game of Albion where the team scored first and won it. Yeah. It's obviously the first clean sheet of the season for Albion. It's the first time they haven't had to come back from behind. Mm. Um. Um. So, to get yeah. So I mean, it just was absolutely fantastic. I think like look, Bilic is getting loads and loads and loads and loads of praise at the minute, and he absolutely deserves it. But I think maybe one thing. I mean, I might be wrong, but one thing that I think maybe has gone slightly under the radar is just what a rebuilding job he's done. Really. Yeah. yeah. Like this. I think it was 10 players, I could be wrong, but I think it was 10 players signed in the summer. But a lot of big players left as well. A lot of big players left. And the team now is considerably different to the one that ended last season. And they are unbeaten in nine games. Yeah. I mean, that is incredible. Like, 
they will get better. They, I mean, they might not play as what... Uh, they're not going to play like they did at QPR every week. They're not going to. Mm. But as a package, overall, they are going to get better. Mm. Um, and to get all that team to click, as it has done so quickly, I just think is an absolute remarkable achievement from Bilic. I think when, he's done incredibly well. When you look at like the times of the signings as well, Brought four players in on deadline day, and Billich and South came in quite late. Yeah, um, very. He came in like relatively late. Very, yeah, so I just think, I mean, you don't want to get carried away, do you? Because it's very easy to get carried away. But to to this point, to where we are now after nine championship games, he just couldn't have done any better. He just couldn't have done any better. Well, top of the league at the end of the day, but he could he could not have done any better. No, certainly not. And I tell you what, the ideal performance to put in ahead of a tough midweek clash, a tough opponent. Yeah, yeah, this is going to be... This is going to be... So I'm doing my research on Leeds this morning. Are we into Leeds now? Just no, Leeds? we're going to get onto Leeds right at the end. I was just saying it's a, the perfect way to go into that kind of game, isn't it? Okay. Because um, the mood is going to be... I mean, the only thing you hope for is that you don't have a hangover from it. Yeah, well, I, don't, I think maybe that's one good thing in a way in terms of, like, there's going to be no complacency, is there? No. Um, Leeds is probably the one game where the players aren't going to get complacent. Like, there's not going to be none of that. So... Look, it's going to be bouncing, isn't it, Ellen Road? Mm. Absolutely bouncing. And, and, but Albion's players are going to be absolutely full of confidence. So it's just it's all it's all teed up lovely. I mean, you just hope they go out there and get a result tomorrow. Mm. Um, they are going to lose at some stage. Yeah. Categorically, they will lose at some stage. They're not going to go for a 46-game championship season and not lose. It's going to happen. Um, but I think... Getting a result at Ellen Road tomorrow, making history, and making that history at Ellen Road, mm. I think maybe people will start to think actually, maybe it is Albion that are the team to beat this year, yeah. not yeah. Leeds. Um, but who knows? Who knows? There's still an awful long way to go. Anything else to add from the game yesterday? I know you didn't get a chance to do a, a, a post-match video. No, oh, it's Saturday, even not yesterday. Yeah, no. I didn't. No, no, no. I think that sums it all up, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. They were outstanding. Outstanding. Nothing else but to say. But everyone knows that. Everyone knows that already. Yeah, I mean, a phenomenal performance. Um, I've got a little bit more to ask you about QPR. Okay. What was the food like? Very, very good. <laughs> You're so funny with this food. It's again. a way day appetite, mate. It's a segment. Um, so, you know, like, um, yeah, so it was breakfast, obviously, because it was yeah, a morning yeah, game. Yeah. yeah. So what they did was, which I thought was a real, real nice touch, they um, they had baguettes. Yeah. You know, like a like yeah, and they you had a choice of either a sausage baguette or a bacon baguette. Could you offer both? Wow, me and Steve Madeley, athletic reporter, uh, Albion reporter for athletic, we really, really wanted both. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, so I went, I went um, for the sausage option. Yeah. Steve Madeley and Joe Chapman went for the bacon option. Okay. And then me and Steve both really wanted to have the other one yeah but as we were just about to pluck up the courage to go and get seconds yeah like the guy that was working there came around and took our plate oh no that's, we were, a, that's a pretty solid sign that is it's like I mean in your night when you go to a nightclub and they turn the lights on you're like oh right okay yeah time to go time to go um, so we didn't we didn't so after that we both had an apple each an apple yeah an apple because we were still hungry you know what I'd have done so were they already pre-prepared or did yeah, they... Yeah, they were like, you know, like those big silver trays you get where you lift it up yeah, yeah, to yeah. keep it hot. Yeah. So they were all pre-prepared. Like, oh, so in the bread already? In the baguette, mate. Oh, right, In okay. the baguette. Sausage and bacon. And then there was like, next to them, there was like loads of butter if you wanted to put butter on, mm. tomato sauce, whatever sauce you want, obviously. What did you go for? 
Brown. No, no, ketchup. Ketchup. Oh no, I'm disappointed <laughs> in you, man. I see. This was the thing. I was hoping that it would be the baguettes would be separate, and then they would ask you whether you wanted bacon or sausage. That's when I would have gone. Do you mind if I'm cheeky? A little bit of both. both. Yeah. Um, and you try and put the charm on, and inevitably get shot down. But no, you're only allowed one. The bacon did look amazing as well. I would have opted for bacon, but that's me. It's a tough choice, bacon or sausage. Yeah. I would have gone bacon brown sauce if I was given one. But yeah, they're opposites, aren't they? Yeah, but you know, I don't blame you, mate. It's a good choice either way. You can't go wrong. Can't go wrong. Uh, how was it to work out Wi-Fi decent? <laughs> Is this really what people want to know? I've never been. Um, I'm asking for future reference. Wi-Fi, Give- very good. Very, very good. Um, yeah. Look, I'm used to working in League 1 and League 2, mate, so I'm absolutely overjoyed just to have a Wi-Fi connection. Oh, yeah, to be fair. Joe Chapman and Steve Madeley moaning about the press box at QPR, saying it was a bit cramped, a bit tight. Tight, was it? My God, it was like being in the Maldives for me. I was, I was mega <laughs> happy. Um, nice desk, nice view. Wi-Fi that worked. I, I, I was more than happy. Nice. Very good. Right, we're moving on to questions now, Joe. Questions from the listeners, of course, not from me. Oh, right, so we're going to listen to questions and then, we're, we're, then, then, I've then got a, leads. Then I've got a segment which is called Fill in the Blank, and then we're doing leads. Okay, I've got a lot of sound leads. Yeah, that's why I've, I've kind of made it slightly shorter, this one, and then we're going to go big on leads. Okay. Just because I'm thinking it's, what, how, how long does it take to get to leads? Like three hours or so? I haven't looked yet, you know. Two and a half, three hours. Yeah. You know, you've got a perfect chance to listen to this podcast on the way. Perfect chance. Uh, first question comes from Conrad Churkop. Hi Joseph, Nathan Ferguson is one of the main talking points of course, I'm not sure if you remember Paul Parker but he reminds me of so much of him, lack of height compensated with other abilities. I remember Paul Parker, yeah, do yeah. um, you? Not a clue mate. No, not a clue, how not old are you? I'm 29. 29 and I'm 34, so yeah, Paul Parker was, um, He was, I was. I that was when I was starting to watch football really. He was in that back four at Man United with Gary Pallister, Steve Bruce, and Dennis Irwin. Mm. Obviously, Schmeichel and Gar. Yeah, uh, I've got. I've got to admit, I'm not a Paul Parker expert. I don't. I don't. Um, but th- there are there are similarities. I think both. I think Paul Parker was like, in the sense that he was first and foremost defensively very sound, mm. um, but also decent going forward. Yeah. Um. So I think, and he and he and, he, and I might be wrong, but he was he was quite like flexible as well like he could I don't know if he could play I know Dennis Irwin could play either side couldn't he for Man United back mm. then so I don't know if Paul Parker was just a right back or he could go both sides but um, yeah yeah I mean look Nathan Ferguson is getting to the stage where how good can he be I mean should we go in the story about Nathan Ferguson I mean it's absolutely remarkable go that, on that basically he it, it, it took Slavin Bilic two training sessions to realise I think when Bilic got the job the um, he thought he was going to have to buy two right backs mm. and then he watched training twice twice and he looked at Nathan Ferguson and was like we're signing one we're signing one right back because he knew he, that quick he knew that quick two training sessions is what I've heard um, that Ferguson was just ready at 18 years old absolutely ready to step up into the championship so we've seen the comparison with Declan Rice in terms of mentality, we know that Crystal Palace are watching Nathan Ferguson. We know, yeah. we know Dougie Freeman's been at games. So, look, Nathan Ferguson really has got got the world at his feet, hasn't he? Mm. Um, and it's going to just be massively, massively exciting to see him develop. Fingers, fingers crossed. That is at Albion and hopefully in the Premier League of Albion. 
Paul Parker's just a poor man's Nathan Ferguson. Well, he wasn't. I mean, if you look at Paul Parker's CV, I bet it was bloody impressive. So, uh, yeah, it was slightly before my time. Shall I say he was at United ninety-one to ninety-six. Uh, I mean, a one-year-old Luke Hatfield is not watching Man United games. No, um, but United would have won the Premier League in ninety-three, wouldn't they? So night, yeah. They won the first Premier League, so they probably won the first two. I can't remember off the top of my head. So yeah, I mean, look. Nathan Ferguson even now would take up in Paul Parker's career. There's no doubt about it. But uh, yeah, um, yeah, he's got a great chance. Uh, Paul Chapel, with the amount of money wasted over the last five years on players like Burke, Chadley, and Sturridge, do you think there's? Do you think more praise should go to the recruitment team for this summer's brilliant purchases? Okay, so I'm really glad that question's been asked because I actually think it should. I, look, I am brand new to this job. I'm getting yeah. to know um, Albion, um, but. I don't, I don't really, I don't know Lou Dowling. I've not, I've not spoken to him really. Um, certainly not, not spoke, not interviewed him. Mm. Um, I think if he's respond, look, it looks like very much like the, the recruitment is split between obviously the team that Lou Dowling heads up and yep. Slaven Bilic. Look, yep. there's no doubt about it. Kravinovic, Pereira, they were Slaven Bilic signings, they're weren't Bilic, they? They're Bilic deals. But Sawyer's Ajay. Um, Furlong maybe they're probably Dowling signings mm. um, and I mean they have all been brought in for fees that I think are I mean a giant is ridiculous if, yeah. it, if it's 1.5 million um, it's absolutely ridic- ridiculous um, I think Furlong's not was he like is he two and a half yeah That's what, it was very cheap as well um, absolute bargain and Sawyer's at 2.9 I mean um, I just think it's, I just think it's incredible business. I think it's absolutely incredible business. Mm. Um, the only one I think there's a question mark over at the moment is someone like Zahor, who, let's be honest, hasn't seen much time on the pitch recently. No, um, was he eight mil? Nine million, I think. Nine eight million. or nine million, some around that mark. And you make a good point there of him not being on the pitch recently because. He's favoured Robson Carney. He's favoured Robson Carney. So obviously against. Da, 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 Huddersfield it was Zahor who came on for Austin in the other two games I've seen Fulham and QPR it was Robson Carney who came on and I have to say did damn good in both those games he made really really important contributions so Bilic will say it's like horses for courses He's, he's like tailoring it to the opposition but yeah, yeah, he's not getting the minutes, is he? I tell you what, though. I mean, if you're looking at the success rate, you look at the, the the players you deem a success now, and the players you would deem not a success. I take I take that ratio every summer. Oh God, yeah. I mean, you can't say Zahor's not been a success. Exactly. Um, it's the same with Austin. He hasn't scored a league goal yet, but you don't know whether it'll come good. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and if he if he scores ten, fifteen goals this season, suddenly that's a success. And I'm sure. Probably Austin will come up at some point, but I think with Austin, that's probably what he's going to do, isn't it? He's mm. gonna—he is one of those strikers who goes on runs, yeah. and we see it so so often with strikers where they don't score for X amount of games, and then they score nine in twelve or something. Mm. Um, and you wouldn't put it past Charlie Austin to do that. I mean, uh, he could bag a hat trick next game. Yeah, comfortably, and, you, and then you would you would expect him to get on the score sheet like regularly, wouldn't mm. you? So. I mean, they must be overjoyed with the business they've done. They yeah. absolutely must be overjoyed with it. And again, you've got a caveat here. It's just 10 games in. Believe me, I've seen things go wrong at this stage. This time last year, Albion were top of the league. Mm. Didn't go up, did they? So um, it is early days. 
it's all with a caveat, but at this point in time, they must be absolutely ecstatic with mm. the money they've paid for those players. Oh, drop your pen. Nearly dropped my pen. Um, Ethan Barham, how convinced have you been of our strikers and how worried are you of our striker situation? Kind of follows on what we were just chatting about. Yeah, follows on, doesn't it? The, um, we'll just do, if we do Austin now then, then if any mm. other questions, we'll answer it all in this. But I think everyone was a bit like, excited last week when the club put out that interview with Charlie Austin yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean I mean, if you haven't watched it on Albion's official website watch it because he's so I mean it's such a good interview mm. um, he is a pleasure to listen to he must be I haven't interviewed him it must be an absolute pleasure to interview he's so bullish and his answers are cracking just honest you know what it is it's just honest but like he said oh we'll be top of the league on Saturday we will be yeah. top of the league on Saturday and then everyone will be worrying about us and do you know what he was right they yeah, are top yeah. of the league and Asked about his like goals, he was like, I've scored 151 goals. I'm going to score goals. Like, look at the team we've got. I'm going to get chances. I'm going to score goals. Yeah. And it was like really refreshing to hear a player talk like that. And he almost, he filled you with confidence. Mm. Um, and I think it's one of them where I truly believe he will come good. Mm. Truly, truly believe it. He's just got too much not to come good, I think. There was one moment... Um, against QPR which did worry me yeah um, Albion took a really clever short corner well, not a short corner but a clever corner routine and mm. they ended up playing it I think it was Phillips who took it first time low ball into the box Austin QPR not expecting it at all Austin gets on the ball turns mm. and he actually put it in the second tier yeah. of the away stand I mean if the goal was twice as high and twice as wide it wouldn't have gone in mm. Um and that made me, that was the moment I just thought, oh, like, perhaps he is feeling the pressure a little bit. I think he's just very, like, almost trying too trying hard. Trying too hard there. Um, like, in the moment, he got carried away sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he's so experienced, isn't he? And he's, his career has been fascinating. Um, I truly believe he just needs that one. He needs that one chance where... Like, do you know what I mean? A good finish. The ball mm. falls to him 10 yards out. He buries it bottom corner. Um, an instinctive one I think he needs yeah an instinctive one one where it just drops to him you don't have to think about it he's not played through he's not got like two or three touches before he gets slotted away it's just one that falls at his feet and he just dispatches and he, it yeah buries it yeah and I think from there he will hopefully kick on he certainly it's, the question's the right one to ask mm. because it's the one area at the minute where there is a question mark isn't there yeah yeah it's the nowhere, one area nowhere where, else you're thinking no we are we set here um I mean, it's amazing to think Albion are top of the league mm. and a striker hasn't scored from open play. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it is the one area, but I genuinely, hand on heart, believe Austin will still get mm. 10 to 15 goals this season. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that one. I think he needs a goal in the league like the one he got in um, the game against Millwall in the Cup. It was one where it's kind of... I can't remember exactly how it broke down, but either way... There was a, essentially a shot on goal. I think the keeper either saved it or touched it onto the bar and he's literally fallen to Austin about three yards out and yeah. he's just nodded it in. I'd like to see him score one something a bit different to that. I'd like to see him be a bit clinical with that. Do you know what mm. I mean? Right, the first, his first goal. I'd like to, a real good finish. Do what Charlie Austin does and that's finish, isn't it? He's yeah. a finisher. Yeah. Um, and I think from, from then on, that would really like boost him. Mm. Two very different questions from one listener Paul Chappell who's already got a question in by the way um, first one do you think the club should do more to honour some of the great players who have left us or retired in recent years 
Jonas Olsen, Gareth McCauley, Mozza have gone and we're when we're all vital to our success. Uh, would you also be offering these players if it suited both parties' coaching roles? So the news about GMAC only came out today. This is a difficult one for me to answer because I, I don't know the people involved. Mm. Um, I I don't. I this is just my personal opinion, and it probably goes against the grain. Mm. But I'm not massive on bringing back former people mm. in whatever role. Um, it's huge in football at the minute. Yeah, absolutely huge. Probably the best example, Chelsea. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Where they got Peter Cech as a technical director. Yeah. Fr- obviously, Frank Lampard as manager. What's uh, his name? Jody Morris as well. He's number. He's Lampard's assistant, isn't he? So, I think there might be one or two others. You know, there who have gone back. Yeah. Um. In in varying roles. I think the person for the job should be the best person for the job. Yeah. Um. I don't think you can live in the past. I, I could be completely wrong. I think Lampard's going to be a disaster at Chelsea. I don't think he's a very good manager. Mm. Um, or not a very good manager, but I don't think he's ready for the Chelsea job. It's a very big job, that. I think Solskjaer is probably... Well, there was there were serious questions about Solskjaer when he was at Cardiff. And let's not forget, he got Cardiff relegated. And speaking to Cardiff fans and hearing Cardiff fans after he got the Man U job... They were slamming his oh, tactical they ability they and saying it, he doesn't yeah. know when to make a sub, he doesn't know how to change a game, but he's got the manual job because he's Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Football's a very, very emotional game um, and there's something special about having former players and stuff involved. Like, yeah, if you've got a legend in charge as manager, for example, and he takes you up, mm. that it's just it's only marginally sweeter, but it is still marginally sweeter than if that success, same success was achieved with someone else. Mm. Um, is it is it does it outweigh it though? Because say for example, you have a legend who comes in and does terribly. Does it does it sour your vision of that legend more than it would raise his profile if you got them up? Oh, that's a good question. I don't know because, like, say Solskjaer. Imagine if Solskjaer won the Champions League with United's manager. Yeah, he's a legend there, isn't he? But he's a legend he's already. He's probably getting a statue if he does that. Yeah. Um, but if he if he get if they if they finish fourteenth, if they finish yeah, I mean when he gets sacked, the thing is now say with Solskjaer for example, if say he gets sacked in three months' time, everyone's going when any Man United fan talks about Solskjaer, going to be like, oh, he was a brilliant striker. Not a great manager. Yeah. Brilliant striker. But it'll be always caveated with that. Yeah, yeah that wasn't yeah. a good manager. So, yeah, it's a lot, in that. Mm. I'd, I'd rather just go out on top and be remembered on top. Yeah. Um, I just think get the best person for the job. If that's a former player, fantastic. If it isn't, um, then get just leave it. For me, if there's no sentiment in football when you're a player... There shouldn't be that much when you're a coach. Yeah. Um, I'd rather have a team of people who may not have been affiliated with the club, but you know, during their playing days, um, and have success than have a team full of like, oh yeah, they're all club legends and bang average. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, the second question: What's your favourite Disney song? What's my favourite Disney song? I've seen. This right. is a tough one. So it's not a tough one for me. It's a very very easy one. I've got a split two. Right. I've got two which are right up there. So I am not a Disney fan at all. Mm. I did actually, my in-laws, I've got to say this, uh, 
my brother-in-law, my sister-in-law are ridiculous Disney fans. Mm. Like, I mean, they're like mid-30s and they go to Florida every year. They save that all year round to be able to go to Florida every year. They, everything in their house is Disney. All they do is watch Disney. They are absolutely obsessed with it. Mm. It hasn't rubbed off on me. I've never been that big. I've never been into it at all, to be honest. To yeah. me, all the films are the same. Like, I just don't get it. I just It's just not for me. I'd never, ever watch one. All right, okay. Um, You're so upsetting me a little bit, but okay. I would genuinely, I wouldn't have a favourite Disney song at all, um, except for, I'm going to get the title. It's on my phone. Oh, here we go. My little girl loves Moana. Oh, yeah, good choice. Absolutely loves it. And I absolutely love the music in it. Yeah, yeah, it's good. Um, absolutely there's love a, it. There's a couple really good songs. So my favourite, I can't remember what it's called, I'm going to have to look on my Spotify, so I'll do that now. Is it the main one? Where You Are, it's called. Yes, that is the best one. It, everyone thinks it's the main one, it's How Far I'll Go, but it's not, it's Where You Are. Where, Where You, you are, are is the best song. Brilliant song, isn't it? Yeah, superb. Absolutely brilliant song. So like, yeah, I, but like, I'm one of those people, when I'm driving, I go a bit mad to the music I listen to, do you know yeah, what I mean? I'm, I really, I'm exactly the same. I get involved. Um... But when that song goes on, like my little girl will get in the car and be like, what do you want to listen to? She'll be like, Moana. Put that song on, mate. I'll go mad. Yeah, she looks yeah. at me like, what are you doing? But I love it. She's sat there like, I don't want this Moana yeah. song. <laughs> want a beautiful she one. always says, Maui, Maui. I want Maui. What, you're oh, welcome, yeah, 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 or whatever yeah, yeah, it's called. Yeah, yeah. Dwayne Johnson. But yeah, we just have that on repeat. Absolutely brilliant song. Solid choice, solid choice. There's a couple I've got. Um, there's some classics in there. Um, a Whole New World. Brilliant. I just think it's cheesy. It's good though. Uh, I just can't wait to be king on the Lion King. Not the new one. The old one's better. Although the new Aladdin was pretty good. I would, I would, I would watch that. Uh, yeah, it's it's worth a watch. But um, the songs, both them songs, are very, very good. Uh, there's another one I just thought of as well. If you have watched the film Coco, no, watch it. I won't watch it, mate. Mate, watch it. It's different to any other Disney film I've ever seen. There's so many films need to catch oh, up. Oh no, on it's so Disney. good. Honestly, honestly, watch it. I will, I will, I will, I don't know what I'll do, but I'll do some, I'll do, like, name something, I'll do it to make you watch this film. <laughs> it's so good, honestly, watch it. Some, there's a couple of songs in there. Well worth a watch, mate. Okay. Well worth it. Trust me, watch it and you will be delighted. But there's a number of songs in there. Poco Loco, Remember Me. You're serious about that yeah, film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a very good film. Yeah. Very, very good. Um, any listeners, if you've got a favourite Disney film, feel free. To uh, suggest on Twitter. To Luke. <laughs> to both of us. Uh, <laughs> Daniel Tudge. Um, just hoping Gig- Gibbs doesn't get peeved off as Ferguson is playing so well. Great to see even Hagazi can't walk back into the side. Yeah, I thought uh, Nathan Ferguson, really nice quotes on Gibbs actually, um, after the game on Saturday. Mm. So, says he's a role model for him. Um, says um, he le- he's learned an awful lot from Gibbs. Gibbs is really taking him under his wing. I don't... Look, Gibbs is going to want to play, of course he is, but... He'll get his chance. Yeah. Um, we're in that position where basically, like... You can't drop anyone at the moment. can't drop anyone at the moment. And, and Gibbs will understand that. Um, of course he will. He'll be delighted. It sounds like him and Ferguson get on really, really well. Mm. He'll be delighted for him. Um, and look, if anything happens to Furlong, it'll be Ferguson will go to right back and Gibbs will come in the side. Mm. So there's absolutely loads of time Um like, I'm sure Kieran, Kieran Gibbs I mean he is literally just fit as well mm. he's only just returned from injury so yeah. um, I don't think there'll be any, any issues there especially not for the time being maybe if after 35 games like Kieran Gibbs isn't getting a look in but at the moment I think there's nothing to worry about there here's an interesting question uh, this one just for myself 
gun to your head, you're forced to drop a fullback. Which one do you drop? Furlong or Ferguson? Oh. It's a tough call, that is, isn't it? Yeah, that's. You can't drop either of them. That's really harsh. How good was Furlong against um, Huddersfield? I know. And then basically, Ferguson was as good at QPR. Yep. You can't. <laughs> Are you just taking the bullet? You're yeah, just, you I'll know take the bullet. Fine. Yeah, they're both laying. They're not. You can't drop them. <laughs> nice to know why West Brom reporter would take a bullet to keep the side the same. Um, Ryan P. Glasgow, what changes would you make to the side tomorrow, if any at all? I think we just kind of answered that yeah, one. None. Uh, none whatsoever, please, Slavin, um, unless they're enforced by injuries. can't change like that. that, I don't think. Um, Graham Johnny, what's your assessment of Austin so far? Is he fully fit? I know the game was more open when he came on, but Robson Carnu looked good. Um, kind of covered Austin yeah. a bit. Robson Carnu did look good. Yeah, we've covered. Yeah. I think Robson Carnu's done really well off the bench. Um, Dean J WBA. Do you know how many appearances that it will trigger Pereira's obligation to buy transfer, and do you think it should be made permanent now, considering his impact on every game he has played? Um, so, it's, it's, I'll be honest. That's a story I really want. I mm. want to know what the obligation is to Pereira. I've actually heard mixed things. Um, yeah. I think. Um, I've heard that it's based on appearances mm-hmm. um, that they ha- have to sign him. I've heard. I've also heard that it's based on promotion to the Premier League. Mm. So the, the the honest answer is I don't know what it is, and I don't think any media. I don't think we've like no one. It hasn't been printed what categorically it is yet. Mm. Um, so that is a story I'd really like. Um, would I sign him now? Now, no, I wouldn't. Um, it's uh, it's nine games in. Um, it's a lot of money as well if you're not getting promoted because like we, we're riding on this wave at the moment I've been top unbeaten all this and that but if things don't work out you spend a lot of money on a player and you're in the championship yeah and there's no risk there's absolutely no I mean I suppose the risk is he could absolutely tear it up and then other clubs want him but I mean I'm sure Albion have got first refusal I don't know these are all the details I've got to find out but let's see where you can start making those decisions in March can't you mm. I think more than um See where you are in January. See where you are um, further down the line. Look, it's a long way to go. Um, yeah, we've got to just see how see how he goes. And the, the big risk, I suppose, as well is, and you wouldn't wish this on anyone, say you, um, you, you did and you went and signed him today and he, he does an ACL. Yeah, yeah, true, yeah. I mean, you, I mean, you wouldn't wish it on anyone, but it, it can happen. Um, Baz Forrest, when Hagazi is fully fit, do you think Slav should consider playing... The likes of Shemi Ajayi as a defensive midfielder against tough games uh, with uh, the likes of Livermore uh, with Bartley and Hagazi centre half. Sorry. Um, so I think Bilic mentioned at his presser on Friday they have got plan. They have got they have got other formations at their sleeve, mm. um, which obviously you've got to have. Really, you can't just be plan A all the time. I obviously the system. The players they've got really suits the four-two-three-one they're playing. Mm. You really want those. You really you want three behind the striker, don't you? Let's be yeah, honest. Yeah, yeah. You want to start Dean Garner. You want to start Pereira. You want to start Matt Phillips. Mm. You want to start Kyle Edwards, really. Yeah. Um, but he's out of an option off the bench. Um, so definitely, you can see why from from this is what the team. This is why Billich has gone with this system to begin with. Mm. But he has got other systems up his sleeve. The one. I would be tempted with would be a switch to a f- more traditional four three three. 
and then that would allow you to bring in Hagazi yeah and push Semi Ajay into midfield and I've said it before I don't think Ajay is going to be moved into midfield too often yeah simply because of his pace mm-hmm. um, Bilic has said that his pace allows him to play with a high line um, it's basically an insurance policy it's to get out of jail free card his pace yeah yeah um, so I think the vast majority of games Ajay plays will be in centre-back. Centre However, at Fulham, we saw the dangers of coming up against a 4-3-3. You've got to give Sawyers and Livermore immense credit at QPR mm. because they were up against the midfield three. QPR played 3-5-2. Yeah. They are quite a lot more fluid, QPR. Um so it wasn't quite the same. But there were times, weren't there, where Fulham's three ran rings around Sawyers and Livermore at um, Fulham. Yeah. So I think there might be times when he's tempted to, against a team playing 4-3-3, three, three, you might need to match them up just to, just so you've got that it's equal numbers-wise. And I think then pushing a giant into midfield might be a good option mm. with then maybe, say, Phillips and Dean Garner either side of Austin. Yeah. Um so I wouldn't rule that's just something I'd be looking at if it was me mm. but that's so maybe further down the line but I don't see him playing 3-5-2 or anything like that because of the wingers they've got you yeah. can't afford to leave those wingers out there's, yeah, too, no. there's too many good wingers in the squad certainly uh, Ollie Westbury maybe an unpopular opinion but I feel Livermore is the weak link in our midfield although he's very physical he seems to give the ball away more than most what are your thoughts? Um, so Livermore was the one I said earlier in my player rating so I gave him a 7 people felt I should have given him an 8 he was very good Um, very good most of the season what has struck me about this Albion team is they aren't very physical Mm. Um, and for me I mean Sawyer's I haven't haven't seen Sawyer's play over the last couple of years I basically haven't seen him play for Brentford properly I've not Mm. seen it I've not watched him in the stands playing for Brentford I've only, only ever saw him on TV obviously I watched him a hell of a lot when he played for Walsall I've never seen a defensive performance as good as the one from Sawyers as good as the one on Saturday mm. I thought he was, I've never seen him play that well defensively um, I think physicality is a real issue in this side and I do think you need Livermore in it because of that yeah um, They, for me they, there's obviously a giant Bartley are big chaps um, but other than those two there's no other players you you particularly I mean Matt Phillips is a big chap as well but you'd say Zahor when Zahor's on yeah but I think it, in midfield you're going to need a little bit of physicality there and I and that's why I think Livermore is key to this side mm. um, it's one of them where he gives the team balance skipper as well Skipper as well, yes, inexperienced. Yeah. Um, the truth is, and I actually said this to someone who questioned my player ratings, I find defensive midfielders the hardest people to rate because I feel like everything they do, you expect them to do. Yeah. They never do anything spectacular, do they? They intercept the ball, they're in the right place. It doesn't, it doesn't really look that hard. A good defensive midfielder's performance is one you don't notice. Yeah, you don't notice, do you? you they, they do go and they go even more under the radar than centre backs because centre backs mm. is difficult as well. Yeah. Because really, they just got to be in position, head it, kick it, and win the ball, haven't they? Yeah. Um, and it's the same for defensive midfielders. They go uh, so. Yeah, sometimes I think they go under the radar a little bit, and I think maybe Livermore 
is going when is going under the radar. Perhaps even by me. Maybe I should have given him an eight. Maybe we'll never know. Uh, Mike Campbell what's the best way to approach leads do we need to be more cautious first half and weather their usual high press and focus more defensively and ease into the game or just carry on as we are we can't afford to get blown away early doors like last season so can I can we start is there any more questions after that uh, i got a couple do you want me to finish on that one let's finish on that one we'll come back to that one we can flow into leads okay okay um Sarah WBA, do you think Higazi will feature against Leeds or Cardiff or will Slavin want to keep him until after the international break? I think he'll play tonight for the under 23, so I don't think he'll feature tomorrow. Um, will he play against Cardiff? Maybe, maybe he'll be on the bench. Mm. Maybe. Um, but there's just no rush, is there? There's well, no. And, I mean, they're, they're winning games and they're yeah. playing imperiously at the moment. Um, so I think, yeah, maybe from the bench against Cardiff, maybe. Mm. Callum Haywoodich. Uh, I like the way he's changed his Twitter name. Um, chances of Pereira deal becoming permanent even if we don't get promoted? Don't know his honest answer, but I mean, if he carries on like he is, then I'm sure they'll do everything they can to um, keep him. Mm. Um, Sunil Patel. Is Robson Kanu a better bet than Austin against Leeds? His hold-up play, selfless running and physicality. Maybe you're more useful in a game where we're likely not to dominate in possession. Would also allow the guys behind him to thrive. Think Austin has a bad chance off the bench in this one. Uh, and this kind of follows on. They're all Leeds questions now, so we'll just kind of answer that and get on to Leeds, shall we? Okay, so... That fill-in-the-blank section, by the way, I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah, that's all right. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Is Robson Carno a better bet than Austin? Probably not. Because I do think Austin has played well linking up, linking play, particularly against Huddersfield. Um he dropped in and, and linked, he brought everyone else into the game really well, I think. So that's what Carnu's really impressive with, isn't it? Mm. Is like hold up play and his link up play is what he's he's done very, very well at. I think Charlie Austin can do that as well. I, think, I really think he can do that job. But if chances are going to be few and far between mm. at Ellen Road, I'd still rather it fail to Austin, I think. Yeah, I think you're almost limiting yourself up front by going for someone like Robson Carnu. Um, in the fact that, as you say, if a chance drops to him, is he as, uh, is he as good a finisher as, as Charlie Austin? It's good for the odd worldie. Yeah. But I'd rely on Austin a little bit more to yeah. score your goal. I think Austin's finishing over... I, I don't think there's a world of difference between <clears throat> Austin's hold-up play and Robson Carnu's hold-up play. But I do think, finishing-wise, look, Austin's the best finisher at the club. No doubt about it. Mm. Um, so I would definitely go Austin. Yeah. So um, so read that question again that we had, and then we'll go. Like that will lead me into some stats about Leeds. Okay. 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 Let me find it. Let me find it. Let me find it. Let me find it. Just ordering you about that. Here we go, Mike Campbell. Um, what's the best way to approach Leeds? Do we need to be more cautious in the first half and weather their usual high press? And focus more defensively and ease into the game or just carry on as we are. We can't afford to get blown away early doors like last season. So I think that's... I completely agree with that tweet. I do think they have to bed into the game and grow into it. Um, and that, I think that for multiple, multiple reasons. Um, mm. Well, two really, two reasons, really. But the, the first one being, um, statistically... He's done some research. Done some research, mate. I've done my research. Statistically, Leeds have conceded five goals in the championship this season. Mm-hmm. Four of them have come after the seventy-fifth minute. 
Oh, they love conceding late goals. They love they? conceding late goals. So the actual, the only goal they haven't conceded after the 75th minute was at Charlton on Saturday when uh, obviously they lost one there. That that goal came in the 32nd minute. You can tell I've done my research. You have, yeah, yeah. Um, so apparently, from what I've picked up, what I've read, from what I've been told by speaking to people. It's a little bit anxious at Ellen Road at the minute. Mm. Um, it is a little bit anxious. They've played five games at home in the league, I think. Or is it? And that might be all competitions. But they've only won one. Mm. They beat Brentford 1-0. They lost to Swansea. They've drawn against Derby. They've drawn against Nottingham Forest. And they drew against Stoke in the Cup. Yeah. Um, so, and... There is a little bit of a feeling around the club that, well, basically their last game at Ellen Road was a 1-1 draw against Derby, where they took the lead. They dominated 85 minutes Absolutely battered game. them, missed a penalty, yep. and then Derby scored in the 91st minute. Chris Martin. Chris Martin. Just like pretty much the only shot of the game for, from a Derby perspective. And there is apparently, there is a bit of a feeling around Ellen Road that that is happening too much, too often. They're, they're getting used to seeing it. They're getting used to conceding these late goals and mm. they're getting used to not winning games at home. Not They create the most chances in the league. They have the most shots in the league, but they aren't clinical. They're like one of the least clinical teams I've seen. I mean, even against Charlton, apparently they had tons of chances, just didn't take any. I mean, one day soon, they're going to give someone an absolute pasting. They are. Yeah. Um, but there is this element around them at the minute where they know they're not being clinical and they know they are susceptible to conceding mm. um, so I think there's an, an, there is an anxiety amongst them at the minute mm. so I think Albion do need to grow into the game I think they need to quieten the home crowd yeah. I think they need to make them feel, feel starting to feel anxious start to feel nervy about what's about to come and then I think they need to grow into the game and who knows the longer it goes on with it nil nil, if it was if it was to go on and go on and go on at nil nil, mm. um, then they would get very very restless, I think. And Billich is a master of his substitutions. Yeah. Um, and some you can see it now. Someone like Carl Edwards coming on and making a real difference. Yeah. Um, yeah. Also, they've won one in five leads. They've won one in five. It's not promotion form that. Um, so. I just think you don't want to give them anything early. You don't want to give them something to hold on to. Basically, you don't want to do what Alvin did last season and concede after 28 seconds to Pablo Hernandez. That's exactly that's exactly what you don't want to do. We're not going to do like this tomorrow because Hernandez is injured. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think slow and steady could win the race here. Mm. Um, that would be my approach. And I think Bilic, we saw at Fulham, he was happy to concede possession. Mm. Um and that was really interesting because they're a possession-based team, aren't they? Yeah. But he was his, his pressing was interesting because he he told Albion when to press. Essentially, he was very, very. It got to a point in that first half where he was very happy for their centre backs to have the ball. Um, yeah, because he knew that the centre backs aren't the people who are going to harm you. Aren't they were they? going nowhere, and then when it was played into that Harrison Reed, it was snap, wasn't it? Mm. It was like we go from there basically. Um, so yeah, I would I would go with that patient approach. Mm. Um, but that is just me. As we said, you know, there's a little bit of um, sting in this game considering the way that Albion performed the last time they were at Ellen Road, um, which was a 4 0 drubbing. Yeah. Um, and I tell you what, the fans were not happy. <laughs> they were not happy that day. I think I've discussed this with you before. 
but I'm, what I'm going to do is I'm going to load in the audio now of that video. Okay. Just so everyone can kind of remember what the what the atmosphere was like. So we're not listening. We're listening to it now. Well, I can listen. I can play it to you so you can see it as well. Well, I'm not, whatever you want to do. Oh, well, I'll play it now for you, just so. Uh, but everyone will get to listen to it, and they'll they'll get a proper version of it. Nice. So it won't be like sounding like a phone going through the microphone. Okay. But um, yeah, here we go. So disappointing result that, what do you make of it? Spineless, pathetic, disgusting performance from every single player on that pitch. They should be fined a week's wage for that. I, I, I can't even put it into words how crap we were. Absolutely pathetic. You've got fans here who have paid £40 to come and watch this. Oh my um, They're just better than us, wanted it more. Yeah, we just need to seriously look at whether we want it or not, like so. Terrible performance. Didn't turn up. Just a uh, bad day at the office. Uh, Disappointing. Travel all this way, three three hours on on the local coach, and it's just disgraceful. Like the players don't even look like they want it. It's Christian Pulisic. Some of Dar Darabal's sort of substitutions he's said in the game really. Substitutions are stupid. The team that came out with the start ridiculous. Had no chance anyway. Twenty seconds. Big Dave is not the manager, he's a head coach, he doesn't run the team, no one runs the team. The money men run the team and you should publish that, no one runs the team. The last manager we had was Gary Megson and he won the team, no one else did, we got promoted 1-0 every week and no one can tell me I'm a lawyer. What went wrong do you think? Everything from minute one, we give the ball away from kickoff. we can't even keep the ball for 10 seconds and then we can't string a pass together, it's a joke. Something needs to change drastically. We're playing Dwight Gale on the wing. He's our best striker, and you're putting him on the wing. You've got Adora Boyoyo in left back, and we've got a left back on the bench. What is he thinking? I hate to be negative, but we're just not good enough to go up. Chairman needs to go. I think Moore's not winning the team. I think number two is probably winning the team. Dwight Gale's not a winger. Rodriguez is not a winger. Last week at home, he put Montero centre forward. He's not a centre forward. Slow today, but to be fair to Leeds, they, they were proper at it, played well, 
fans are interested in it's difficult man. it's run wrong and but we don't care because we make a profit. No one cares because we make a profit every season. We haven't got a manager down which we need. Look at Gary Megson, check the history. I know, tell, you, tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> Does that end the automatic promotion, don't you think? Definitely. You, you saw that from tonight. Leeds at, at us from minute one. What did we do? Bottle it within the first 10 seconds. Oh, I'm, I'm really annoyed right now. And, you know, I, I, I just don't even know what to say, to be honest. Playoffs now? Playoffs, playoffs, but we'll lose playoffs. playing like that. No, because look at the league. We're four points off the top. Okay, we're seven now because Leeds are one. But look at Wolves that season. They spent money. Our Chinese owner can't spend money. To be fair, Ipswich at home ain't going to be an easy game though. Well, we all think it's three points sort of, but I think we struggle there, uh, that game. And then we got Swansea, so we better get our act together and make sure we make the playoffs, because that was bad. So it's safe to say that the fans were not best pleased by the performance at Ellen Road last time, but I'll tell you what, the mood around Albion. It's completely opposite to that because when you hear him, some of, the, I mean, the first guy, he doesn't hold back, does he? No, I mean, he doesn't hold back. And he made, I, don't know, I think it was the first guy, I'm not sure, but one of them made a very valid point that they've travelled all that way and paid £39 to watch it. Robbery, by the way. Which is absolutely disgusting. Um, absolutely disgusting. When that, when we put the story out, I actually asked Leeds for a comment on their ticket prices. They never, ever got back to me. No. Um, it's wrong, £39 uh, for a ticket. Look, yeah, I mean, they weren't happy, were they? Um, you just got to hope it ends up a lot better this time around. But last season's last season at the end of the day. That's it. You've got to look at it. And it's a very different Albion side. Um, you know, when they're talking about Dwight Gale and J-Rod being played on the wings. You're not having players kind of shoveled out into positions which they're not comfortable in. No. You've got players who have been played in the right position. You've got a team which is probably at the highest level of confidence that they've been at all season. I think if anyone, Albion should, uh, Leeds should be more wary of Albion. Yeah, I mean, look, Leeds are a very good side, aren't they? They're at, they're at home. Um, they've got very, very good players. They will want to put out a marker, won't they? Like they're mm. they're 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 the league's like heavyweights, really. They've they're up, they've been knocked off the perch. They're not top anymore. They're not in great form. They will see beating Albion as a way to say, look, we are we are the favourites for this league. We are mm. the team that's going up. So. Yeah, it's going to be... Oh, look, I, look I, I think you're mad if you want to take a, a point right now. I think if you can keep the streak going... Make you, history, you mate. Make history. Make history. Ten games unbeaten at the start of the season. I think you take that right now. Um, and it would be absolutely lovely. It would be absolutely lovely if those fans that went up there last season and witnessed that mm. got to leave tomorrow night really happy with either a point or either or obviously a, a win um, and that and your video is completely the polar opposite to that one you've, you've those yeah. comments that would be that would be amazing it's one of the few times I've been filming a video and genuinely fearful of some of the like what was what was yeah. going down I was I was needed a swear points. button didn't you really yeah 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 um, I tell you what Hernandez is a big miss for Leeds I think when you look at Leeds I think the one who runs them Calvin Phillips is a very good player, but I think Pablo Hernandez is the one. Mm. And if, with him not being there, I think they're in prime position yeah. for Albion. And I tell you what, if they get a win, how big a confidence boost is that? If you're not already riding high, 
Yeah, I mean, if they win it, it's going to be. If they win it, then Bilic's job is keeping everyone on on the floor, isn't it? Yeah. He's got. To, he's going to have to like make sure things are really, really measured. Um, yeah, isn't it? I mean, look, Hernandez. I think he's won players player of the year and players player of the year the last two seasons at least. Fans player and players player. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Fans player and players player. Um, so there's no doubt, like. He's absolutely integral, isn't he, to that mm-hmm. team? As is Calvin Phillips, of course. Um, that's going to be really interesting, the Phillips one, because he's going to be up against Pereira, essentially. They are just naturally going to be occupying the same area mm. of the field. Um, and I thought Pereira showed at Fulham that he's just... You know, he's not your stereotypical Brazilian, really. He no. will put in a shift, yeah. and he will sacrifice his sort of attacking instincts for the team. So that that is going to be a massive match-up. Yeah, the fact Hernandez isn't isn't available, and then if if Albion do have Matt Phillips and Dean Garner just in top form flying forward, mm. I mean they can hurt Leeds, can't they? There's no doubt about it. There's yeah. absolutely no doubt about it. So, but Leeds got good players. Look, Patrick Bamford he comes in for um, a bit of sticker thing, but he's, oh, I'm not a fan of Patrick. He's scored four goals already this season. Um, you can't moan at that. What's the, what's the lad? How do you say the lad from Arsenal's surname? N- n- Nketiah 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 so I'm, I always I'm, say Nikita but it's Nketiah I think so um, I mean I'm just I'm not guessing but it's from like commentary what I've listened to but he's like he's like your definition he's, of a football manager wonder kid isn't he yeah he's your proper super sub at the moment as well I keep bringing him on and he, he'll find a way yeah. to score yeah I mean fans and... Leeds fans are desperate to see him start yeah um, and of course you've got Tyler Roberts behind him as well so yeah I mean look it's just going to be it's a weird one. It's a weird one. Like, you felt like the Fulham game was going to be a thriller. Mm. And QPR had an element of that to it as well. I don't, for some reason, I don't think tomorrow is going to be quite as. I think it'll be. I don't think it's going to be like Matt. I think it'll be two teams who are very, very cautious about the other one, perhaps. It'll be very door. cagey. Do you it'll think? be a bit more cagey. I, don't, I know it goes against Leeds a little bit, but I just think it's a big game, isn't it? It's a big, big game. Mm. Um, but we'll see. Here's we'll a see. question. If the unbeaten run is maintained after tomorrow, how long do you think they can keep it going for? Because after that, you've got Cardiff at home. I'd back West Brom to get at least a draw. Oh, you yeah, you'd expect to get a draw at least, wouldn't you? You didn't Borough, expect to win the game, but... Borough away. I know it's a long, old way, uh, but Borough haven't looked great. Barnsley at home... Charlton's a tricky one at home after that. But then you've got Stoke, who are dreadful. Well, yeah, they'll probably change their manager by then, won't they? Hull City away. Sheffield Wednesday might be tricky. But I tell you, what, you can see this run going on and on. You can, but the championship, the, the, in it by its very nature, anyone can beat anyone, can't they? They're so. losing to Stoke, aren't they? That would be Sod's law. Um, it could, I mean, it could happen. It's gonna, it, it, all I can say is it is going to happen. It is definitely going to happen. Um, and anyone anyone could do it probably um, look I mean Jesus how does Phil two went out with 20 minutes to play um, yeah like, and they never win games of football so it's it's a mental league and imagine we get 45 games in it's still unbeaten and oh. we lose on the last day <laughs> you imagine that I covered Shrewsbury for a year when they went up from League 2 to League 1 and they avoided defeat at home all season oh, except yeah. on the last day when they were already promoted. Oh, so they were. Yeah, yeah but I mean, still. On the beach, yeah, they? but 
ridiculous. Yeah, madness. All right, okay, give me a prediction then. Come on, we're now on four minutes in. Let's now finish four up. Four minutes in. I'm going to... 1-1. 1-1. The, the, the streak remains. Yeah, yeah. My head is saying a, a draw. My heart is saying 2-1 Albion. <laughs> I don't know. It's going to be really hard. 2-1 Albion, like a 90-second minute penalty, which like Charlie Austin tooks away. <laughs> and it's like a, a controversial penalty as well. Like I can see like someone, like a Leeds player getting done for handball and it's like, is it really handball? And if it was a VAR, it would be, it wouldn't happen. But well, the VAR overturns absolutely bloody nothing, mate. So <laughs> <laughs> forget about that. Um, but yeah, like it'd be a debatable one, but I'll tell you what, and the Leeds fans would not be happy, but the, the West Brom fans would be loving it. I'm gonna go. So what are you going for then? Two one. Two one. Really? Two one. Two one. The, the streak remains. I'm. I'm there. I'll be All watching. I want is the streak to remain. Like obviously, I want. I want the win. But like, I'd just be so happy if we if we could leave, saying they've created history. They're unbeaten. And you know what? At the end of the day, I know we're bigging this up. But if they lose tomorrow, it's not the end of the oh, world. Yeah, that's the it's one a, thing. It's the like, toughest place to go in the championship. If you lose, there's no shame in losing. Absolutely no shame in losing. Like if if they lose, yeah, if they lose, like it really doesn't matter because they mm. even with a defeat, they've still had an absolutely outstanding start to the season. Absolutely outstanding. They're gonna lose at some point, like I keep saying. If they lose that one, yeah, then it's just it's just it's just one defeat, and it's, it'll be about bouncing back against Cardiff, won't it? But Look, it's more on it tomorrow, isn't there? Mm. It's a, it's more than three points. Like it, it is a statement. Uh, going to Wellen Road and avoiding defeat, going to Wellen Road and winning the game, is a statement. And you can't say Albion are under the radar because mm. they're top of the league. Um, but as Charlie Austin said, like when the top, people will fear them, people mm. are fearing them now. They're top, and they will really fear them if they go to Wellen Road and win. Yeah. Um, it would really like that rubber stamps the promotion credentials. Yeah, it? rubber. St- yeah, that's a good way of putting that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know what? I just realised. Uh, I saw. I saw you mention this. I've been the best goal scoring record in the league. Yeah. They're tied with Preston. Are they? Yeah. Where did that come from? Well, they weren't on Saturday. Um, Seventeen goals scored. Fair play, Preston. They're doing a damn good job, aren't they? There. Yeah. Um, Not bad. Alex Neil. Yeah. Um, right. That just about does it, sir. Okay. Looking forward to it. It's going to be a cracker, mate. <laughs> Atmosphere yeah. will be brilliant under the lights. I, I mean, say what you want about you know games being moved for Sky, this and that. This is just a classic midweek championship game under the lights. Can't beat it. It's going to be balancing, isn't it? I am really, really, really looking forward to it. I am already at that stage, though, where I'm like, all I care about is the result. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's mad, isn't it? But yeah, well, I just want a positive result. Well, we'll see what happens. Um but until then, we will be waiting on bated breath, will we? Shall we? We will be, yeah. yeah we are we'll, looking forward to it. We'll, we'll come back and do another podcast. I don't know whether we'll get one in before Cardiff, but... Um, yeah. So there's a lot in a week, that is. Yeah, yeah. Either way, we'll be back in a week or so's time. Until then, let's hope the beat remain, the, the streak remains unbeaten. Um, but it's bye-bye from me and bye-bye from Mr. Joe Massey. Goodbye. Goodbye.